Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm Bruce Clay here with Susan in Virginia. Good afternoon. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. And you can download it at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel or stream it from SEMSynergy.com. You can also go there and send us emails if you have questions. We'll see if we can get them on the air. As the next year rolls to a close, this year rolls to a close, next year I guess is rolling to a beginning, uh, we've seen a lot of things going on in the industry. Um... I think that one of the things that is going to impact us a lot during 2009 is the fact that the government has decided to open up what's referred to as white space. It's the spectrum, uh, I think, that was historically where we found a lot of TV signals, not a TV is digital. And uh, as that happens, I think there's a lot of benefit. Uh, I think we're going to see generally a massive change from copper and connectivity to Wi-Fi. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I really found it interesting. Um, when Google's blog post about it came out, Larry Page had a blog post, and one of the things he said was that the whites, that adding the white space is really, you know, Wi-Fi on steroids, where, you know, they're going to have a lot broader range. And my first thought off of that was, you know, there's always been this talk of, oh, we want to wire an entire city. We want to give everybody internet access in an entire city. And that's so much easier to do if your range is not 30 feet or 100 feet. If it's, you know, 1,000 feet, you know, you really cut down the cost of getting everyone online. Well, signal strength, I think, is the biggest issue. I mean, we all know you can have a TV station in a city, central broadcast, reach the whole city. I don't think you're going to see that for Wi-Fi. But it does mean if your signal is certainly strong enough, uh, that instead of 100 feet, you'll see 1,000 feet. Or, you know, over time, it'll it'll increase. You'll see the ability to get a strong Internet signal covering an entire football stadium or an entire uh, cubicle farm in a large company or the shop floor or the manufacturing area. If that changes, I think we're going to see a lot more devices created. You know, you're going to have... Uh, inventory control things, all real-time Wi-Fi. You're going to have more uh, grocery stores wired for inventory management. You're going to see the cost of business shift dramatically almost anywhere in the United States. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and it's going to be a real boost, I think, just for mobile usage. There are tons of phones and, you know, like little handheld devices out there that have Wi-Fi capability. The, You know, the iTouch is, that's basically its big thing, you know, other than the touch screen itself, is that it gets Wi-Fi access. Or, you know, the iPhone or the new uh, G1 phone over at T-Mobile, all of these things are, you know, Wi-Fi access capable. And if there's that many more opportunities to get online, it's going to be that much more important for 
mobile to work well? Well, we can't help it. I think mobile is here. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody has a phone or two or three. Right. I think it's cool that um, we're using something that has kind of just been sitting around and it's a resource that we haven't really been um, utilizing to the full potential, considering especially that the U.S. has... Um, it ranks pretty low on the countries of um, that are accessing internet with broadband. Yeah, yeah, it's what something like sixteenth in the world or yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> it's pretty low. The, the the broadband penetration in the United States, by comparison to some other countries, is fairly low. And I mean, some of that I'm sure is just size. You know, there's a lot of areas in the United States where there's not a huge population density. They don't need broadband quite as much. Um, Well, I'm sure that the people who live there don't don't agree with me. But, you know, it's just it's not as high a priority. Whereas, you know, someplace like Japan, which is number one, they're very densely populated and, you know, huge urban centers where it's much easier to get a high broadband penetration. Well, we're also dealing with uh, cost per customer kinds of things. Uh, historically, the cost has dropped because the number of customers has increased. We've gotten to the point where the cost per customer for DSL isn't going to get a whole lot lower than it is today. We still have cable. We still have wires. We still have things. Um, I think as soon as we open up a broadband capability servicing you know, 10 times or 100 times as many clients per tower, per signal center, um, we're going to start getting into costs that are going to drop like a rock. As soon as that happens, all sorts of things are going to change. And I think that's what we really have to pay attention to. Yeah, phones have gotten cheaper. Remember the first phones? They were about the size of a suitcase and uh, cost as much, too. I think I was in elementary school. Yeah. Well, we remember the first cordless phones. Do you remember those cordless phones oh, that yeah. were the They're size like of a toaster? <laughs> those were bricks. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to see technology change quite a bit. Uh, this is going to be an enabling technology for a lot of companies. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. going to have better acceptance for their products. They're going to be able to spread faster. Um, I mean, we know we know there's a lot of phones out there. Mm-hmm. We know that this is going to support that. But it, it's enabling for companies that have brick and mortar as well. Yeah, I'm wondering though if, as much as this is an opportunity and there's, you know, it's going to end up costing less in the long term, if companies in this recession are going to kind of be hesitant to invest the money in the first place, you know, to redo their entire inventory system to run off, you know, wireless instead of what they already know and trust. You know, are they going to want to invest the money in it, or are they going to wait a little while and see how it works out? I, I don't know that this is next year. It might be right. two years. Right. But, I mean, it's coming. It's absolutely coming. This is a huge opportunity. But well, it would I'm just wondering about the economic environment. It would probably take a year or so, at least, before the, uh, the infrastructure was created for it. Well, I think we're going to see something a little bit different. Why are... As soon as it's Wi-Fi, there's no cables. Um, how long did it take to go from VHS to CDs, DVDs, right? 
I mean, it didn't take hardly any time to get off of cassettes and VHS. I mean, you were you were spinning discs faster than you ever thought. How long did it take for you to spend all of your waking minutes in the car on FM versus AM? As soon as the radio started being available, people bought cars. They had a lot of FM activity. If they weren't listening to CDs, they were um, doing that. How many people now have uh, iPods? How many people have technology that is enabling because it's small, it's easy, it's compact, and it's no longer uh, a, a barrier to actually use that technology? I think that this is an enabling technology. I think we're going to see everybody rush to it faster than you would think. That's very exciting. But it's time for a break, so stick around. More SEM Synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Jeez, another year with no refund from the IRS. I got a nice chunk of change this year. I'm buying a new car and I'm going to Fiji. How in the world did you do that? I got in on TaxBrain.com's affiliate program. And it's easy to make big money during tax season just by bringing them other people paying their taxes. TaxBrain.com? How does that work? With TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, I command a huge payday with their nitro payouts because I get paid for leads as well as sales. That sounds easy. How do you do it? They give me all the tools it takes, like dedicated publisher support, analytics capabilities, custom tracking and creative services, and so much more that I need to make money the easy way. Wow. With 140 million households paying taxes every year, I bet there's no shortage of business all season long. Now you got the idea. Make money off the tax man. How do I find out more? Visit TaxBrain.com forward slash affiliates to find out more. TaxBrain.com, America's online tax service. Oh, wise master, I've climbed up this mountain to seek your wisdom. Yes, how can I help you, my son? I've traveled far to ask why my business isn't growing. You are on top of this mountain when you should be on topnichenetworks.com. But I need answers. You should be on topnichenetworks.com, specializing in direct marketing and lead generation as well as list management. Topnichenetworks.com has exclusives and leading payouts. They welcome new affiliates with hot offers. We don't seem to get the results we need at a price we can afford. Topnichenetworks.com will work on a performance-only basis, so you only pay for results. TopNicheNetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis. And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep. Hey, what's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with ReferBack.com. They've shown me how to... ReferBack.com show me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. ReferBack gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit ReferBack.com. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the webmasterradio.fm homepage. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm joined by John Kelly, president of SureHits. Thanks for coming on the show, John. Oh, thanks for having me, Virginia. As an introduction to listeners who may not know you, SureHits is an ad network for the insurance and loan industry. Is that right? 
That's right. That's right. We do uh, really focus on financial services. So it sounds like a really competitive space. How do you manage expectations? You know, I think we're, we're the way we do it is is by being very clear up front with our advertisers, our publishers, really anybody that we work with about uh, you know what the expectation should be, what ROI expectation should be, and and just the fact that the CPCs in our in our neck of the woods are, are very high relative to other industries. Hmm, that's interesting. So your team is managing ad accounts for ads served on like. What kind of sites? It's not just about search engines for you, right? Right. So what we do is we we actually provide an alternative to search engine uh, advertising. You know, we put ads for insurance and mortgage products out on websites all across the internet. For those who are really really uh, old school, it, it's somewhat similar to the old GoTo.com model uh, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, where we we have a distributed network across the web. We we do still and and uh, we still manage search campaigns on Google and Yahoo and, and the other search engines, so we get a we get a taste of that as well. But you've got a, a good mix going on over there. Right. Um, at PubCon, you were on the panel large scale bid management, and one of the points that you made from like reading a a coverage post is that buckets are the wrong way to manage an ad campaign. Uh, why is that? Well, you know, I think that, that uh, buckets, and, and by buckets what I mean is taking a, a, number of, uh, a number of keywords that don't necessarily have strong relation to each other, putting them all in one ad group and then essentially bidding the same thing or bidding, uh, you know, making very flat bids across a lot of different keywords. And what we've, what we've found is that, you know, keywords really tell us a lot about what the, what the user intent is and uh, one of the examples I give is in the financial services industry, we, you know, a keyword can tell us what geography somebody's looking in, what product they're looking for. Are they looking for a mortgage refi or a home equity loan? It can also tell us about their exact intent. If they say rate or they say comparison or they say company, they're telling us a lot about what they're actually trying to do. And those different, we call those tags, right? Those different tags that you can put on a keyword, just like you tag a, a blog post with different topics, can be used both to estimate the value of the keyword. It can also be used uh, to display a different landing page, create do different creative for the user. And finally, those tags can be used then to do analysis in the back end so you can say, well, how does somebody, is there something about the word rates that fundamentally changes uh, the metrics for these keywords. And so we might compare, you know, Kentucky mortgage rates to Louisiana home, uh, home finance rates and see if there's something about that tag that has, uh, has meaning to us uh, as search marketers. And if you were to take all the keywords and just throw them in a bucket, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to, to figure out uh, what that meaning is. In your presentation, you also talked about three key actions to look at when managing um, a large-scale PPC campaign. Uh, can you run down those for us? Uh, yes, yes. The, the first thing to do is to uh, is to calculate the value of a keyword. And really, this is you know to some extent, this is really the fundamentals of of paid search. And when you when you look at across a large-scale campaign. If you're if you're managing five keywords for a small campaign, then it doesn't. It's pretty easy, right? You just look at look at each keyword. You figure out the conversion rate. You figure out what that conversion is worth to you, and then you 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 go on from there. 
In a large-scale campaign, you have to figure out a systematic way to calculate click value, and that's, and that's really what I talked about in the presentation, and that's really where the tags can help you do that. The second key action is to, you know, once you've figured out what a keyword is worth and you've successfully bid on it, the second key thing is to reward the user's choices. And really, the user has told you what they're looking for through the keyword. And so if you don't have a systematic way to present them with the user with helpful information on the landing page and what they're looking for, then you've really kind of wasted the notion that they've told you what they're looking for. And the third thing is to, is to really carefully have trained people watch campaign data. And, uh, and again, this comes from a marriage of having good tools that allow your campaign managers to, to see what's happening in the campaign, to watch the tags, watch the keywords, watch the conversions, watch the creative quality, but also to look for outliers, to look for, look for things that are strange in a campaign. The example I gave, one of the examples I gave was that we had a geo-targeted campaign that had a tremendous uh, number of clicks coming in from Texas and we figured out that, you know, those clicks, you know, there's something off in the geotargeting. Those people weren't really in Texas. And it was actually a human who was going through the campaign logs and actually going through the campaign data and realized that, uh, that it just couldn't be possible that we were getting that many people from Texas. So what was the, the real result of that? I mean, where were the clicks coming from? You know, we, we didn't actually. They're they're really coming from uh, they're coming from a, a number of different states. And what was happening is that uh, in the Google geotargeting, they were just being misassigned in one city. The city of Houston was taking a lot of traffic from other parts of the country and misassigning it to Houston. So what we did is we changed that campaign to geotarget on a DMA basis. We took all the individual cities in Texas except Houston, and we targeted all those individual cities, and we found our conversion rate jumped dramatically because uh, our client was looking for people who were only in Texas. And so, again, just by using a different technique, using DMA targeting versus, uh, versus state targeting, we were able to deliver to the client the, uh, the state-targeted traffic that they were looking for. Mm, that, that's a good point there. It shows how important it is to be watching the data. Um, and at SureHits, you've developed an automated bid management and ad performance tracking system. Um, right. How does that work, and like, how much can be automated, and when is human involvement required? You know, and, and that's a great question, and really it is, a, it is an absolute combination of those two things. And so an example of where automation really comes into play is, you know, we have some large campaigns where we, tr- we automatically track uh, all the conversion, all the clicks that come in, all the conversions that happen for our clients, and then we can look at those, and we have, uh, we have graphs that automatically calculate how those conversions differ by time of day and day of week. And so all of that happens automatically. We can pull all that data into our repository that says, hey, you know, we can see graphs of it. But then when you get into it, you know, turning that data by, you know, what, can, what the conversion rates look like by time of day and day of week is great. But then you have to have somebody who translates that information into specific day parting rules on the individual engines. And so if you look at Google, for instance, it's often – more economical and easier to actually set and better to set up the day parting within Google rather than doing that through the API. You have fewer API charges, 
and uh, it's just a it's just a better way to do it. And so we then have a human look at that data and make judgment, you know, essentially make judgment calls about what the best uh, day parting rules are to set up in Google. And again, that's it's a real marriage of somebody who has the experience to know how to turn that data into those uh, into those rules. And you know what cuts to do you know how many different uh, sets of rules should you set up and how should you set up the campaigns? Those all require human experience. But if you don't have the automation to actually get all the data in and see when the conversions happen and see what the different conversion rates are, then there's nothing for the the person to analyze. There's there's nothing to go on to set up those rules. Mm, quite a partnership, um, and. Just as we wrap up here, you're a regular on the conference circuit. Are there any speaking gigs or um, opportunities for people to hear more from you coming up? You know, I actually don't have anything lined up, and I, and I think uh, I think I might be be wrapping that uh, that phase uh, up pretty soon. I think the best thing to do I, I'll still attend conferences. I, the best thing I would recommend is to is to come find me at a show uh, or shoot me a note. Um, and, and definitely, uh, you know, reach out. And I'd say that, you know, for many of the people in the conference circuit, uh, many of the speakers that, that I know, it's exactly the same as, you know, come find us at the show and, and ask a question that's specific to your uh, situation and see if we can help. I would um, recommend the same. You're a really easy person to talk to, so go find John if you, if you ever are at a show. Um, but thanks for coming on the show, John. No problem, Virginia. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, And check out surehits.com. In the next segment, we'll be taking a look at some of the recent internet marketing news. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, Amazon, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Welcome to Madame Natalia's. You've come to have your future told, no? Yeah, you see, I'm looking for the right life insurance affiliate program, and I have... Say no more. I see you working with AccuQuote. AccuQuote? Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage. Go on. AccuQuote will create custom creatives for you to optimize your eCPM and... They will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere. So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you visit AccuQuote.com. For life insurance, visit AccuQuote.com. PPC Rockstars. 
will take you to the promised land of PPC Profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia here with Susan and Michael. There's been a lot going on lately, so let's just jump right into the news. Well, obviously the big news of the last you know, few weeks was Jerry Yang stepping down as CEO. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of talk about that since then. You know, uh, I think overall, would you agree that uh, most people kind of saw this as the right step for Yahoo? Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know that there's anyone who's like, oh, no, Jerry Yang shouldn't have stepped down. Uh, Do you think that Jerry Yang is the main problem with Yahoo at this point? Do you think it was his leadership that's causing the problems, or do you think it's more... The fact that Google has a monopoly and the economy is kind of tanking. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think that there's some level of Yang being scapegoated. Um, but I thought Virginia had a really good point in her blog post about it that, you know, Jerry Yang has always had that passion for it. He makes a great chief Yahoo because of that. But, you know, as a business leader, as a CEO, he's not really that level you know, he, he it, that's not his his expertise. So he makes a, a better founder than a president of a monolithic corporation, or as a CEO. Yeah, he make. I mean, he might be a great president, but he's he's not. I I don't think the leadership that Yahoo needs at this point. What do you think uh, he could have done differently? What path do you think the Yahoo needs to take to be profitable? You have any idea? Um. I don't know. Well, I think they do a great job. I don't know why I don't use Yahoo more as far as the search engine goes, but, um, well, Robert just showed us that cool new glue thing. Yeah, the the Yahoo glue thing was was kind of cool. It's sort of like everything but the 10 blue links. Right. You know, you you go, it's uh, glue.yahoo.com. It's it's one of their beta products. (laughs) <laughs> which unlike Google, they only have a few. Um, but it's it's really kind of cool because, you know, you'll type in a search query. Uh, the entertainment queries, I guess, work the best. But I, of course, immediately tried a comic book-related query. <laughs> and it'll bring up, you know, the Wikipedia entry and some videos and some news results. And shopping. Some, yeah, shopping images. Answers. Obviously sponsored links. Mm-hmm. Um, are going to show up there because they're trying to monetize as much as possible. But it was just kind of cool because it was all of that other stuff, all of those engagement objects Bruce is talking about. They were the only things showing up. The web pages themselves, the you know, the, the ten blue links themselves, weren't anywhere on the page. And this is an alternate search mechanism on Yahoo. I haven't seen this yet. Yeah, it's called it's called Yahoo Glue. It's it's actually kind of cool. Um, but, but the point that I was trying to make by bringing that up is that I do think they're innovators. I, I don't really know. I'm not a business. No, they are. I mean, person. But. They're really they're awesome innovators. And there's so many things that they're doing across a, a lot of levels. Like um, on the development front, they have several different for Flash and Flex and uh, DHTML and HTML. They have a bunch of frameworks which are very well documented. They have 
really outstanding development teams and engineering teams putting a ton of effort into them. They're constantly updated. You can rely on them because it has the force of a giant corporation behind them, so you know you can use them in, in business products that you're going to release to real customers. Yeah, um, well, I think that their problem has, has always been the same as everybody else's problem. It's getting people to use them. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. How do you make money? This is my question. I wasn't... It, kind of a rhetorical question. I don't know if there is an answer. Google has a monopoly, a well-deserved monopoly, and what can you do? Like Google said recently, a couple months ago I watched, I saw one of their executives said, we're 90% of the way there in delivering relevant results for queries. How do you improve on upon that enough to take share yeah. away from them? Yeah, because it's not enough to be You can't just be beat equal. them a little bit. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's not enough to be equal. It's not enough to beat them a little bit. You have to blow everyone out of the water, or just inertia. I mean, but there might not be room. nothing. Nothing is gonna. Yeah, yeah. that's there that's might not a be really room good to point. blow them out of the water anymore. This may just be it for them until you know there's a new revolution in information technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as cool as you know, glue is without the ten blue links. Is it really that useful for normal people searches? No, well, I mean it's it's awesome. It's cool. It gives you a lot of different perspectives on the world. But it's not going to replace search. Just, and I don't think they think it will. It's just, you right, know, in sure. these innovations, in search, I don't know that Yahoo has a chance. I think they're, they need to focus on things that aren't search. Right. But so let's move anyway, on, we should move on to another search engine that's having some trouble at the moment. Baidu. Um, they, yeah, yeah, reputation problems in, in China. They got slammed for... Uh, paid search inclusion on on some pharmaceutical companies or something. I don't know what's going on over there. I didn't even realize that that was something that they would bat an eye at. I thought that was just <laughs> the way it was done. Par for the course, you know? Hey, you want to be higher in the SERPs? Give us some money. But Yeah, I guess because we've never really experienced that particular level. I mean, it's, it's been so long in the search industry here since that was the case, where you could do paid inclusion um, you know, I mean, ever since Google said, no, we're not going to do it, nobody really does it anymore. You have stuff like paid spidering, like Yahoo Search Submit Pro, but... I think part of the real concern was the fact that they were... Um, it seemed like the, the companies that were taking advantage of Baidu's free placement or, or placement... Paid or placement? Paid placement was the, like, unlicensed pharmaceuticals, and obviously there's been a lot of problems with drugs and food and that kind of thing, and then, um... Yeah, Anyway, they're suffering with their stock and search market share, and... Yeah, that's that's sort of sad. Well, maybe this will be a good kick in the pants to, to have them revise their business strategy and hopefully reduce the priority of paid placement. Although it doesn't sound like that's necessarily happening. Yeah, not necessarily. Sounds like they're just going to make sure that you have to be licensed. Um, you know, even that might help. if With, with as much beating as, as China's taken in general over all the contaminated products and whatever, I don't think that a search engine like Baidu can, you know, not have that level of respect. Otherwise, people are going to stop using it because, oh my god, they might kill you. <laughs> Yes, I think that's a minimum first step they should take. <laughs> <laughs> let's have let's have a, let's wrap up with a happy topic. Google World, Gmail, themes, awesome. yay, pretty, yeah, pretty. Thank God, really. <laughs> Gmail's looked so ugly for so long. Oh, I didn't have a problem with it. It just looked weird on some of my monitors. It, like the colors would get blown out and strange, and I didn't like I it. I don't know. I mean, it just to me, it seemed like their design ethic was 
Let's make this as bland as possible. Well, that would work for the way they designed, you know, Google.com. It's a white page with a logo, so... (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, I think that they should, I don't know, get the same design team that does, like, Apple's design marketing. (laughs) No, I'd I'd rather have Google's way of doing it, you know. Start it out something really simple and then iterate to something nicer. And then, I mean, I'm sure that we'll see, like, you know, they did with iGoogle, where at first you had just had those few themes, and then whatever the next January they rolled out to the API. I don't know, but I'm fine with my black, green on black terminal. Of course, you went style. for the geekiest <laughs> one in the bunch. I love it. Geekiest one in the bunch. <laughs> so that's it for this week's show. Um, thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing SEM Synergy. I also want to remind our listeners to send internet marketing questions to Synergy at bruceclay.com. This is Susan asking you to come back next week for more industry insights and experts. You can also visit SEMSynergy.com for more info on this week's guests and topics. Thanks for joining us at SEM Synergy. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. 